By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. And, and, and what's, this, what's this about Shelly again? Hold on a minute. What's this about Shelly again? So whoever the hell Shelly is. Yeah, whoever the hell Shelly is. <laughs> Where did you get that? So whoever the hell Shelly is. So whoever That's the like hell Shelly is. Right? What's that? That's like a real person. It is. <laughs> Who is that? If I told you the story behind that, I found that yesterday. That's actually pretty funny. It's it's a, a car guy. One of the car guys is on this channel that I watch from time to time called VinWiki. And interesting guy. It's a guy not out of Atlanta, Georgia, named El, Ed Bolian, who started this. And it's now probably a multimillionaire. It's like an app. And what you do is, if you're a car collector, and you have like... And he's like, once again, we're not talking like, you know, 65 darts or stuff like that. This guy is like into... The hypercars, the supercars, the you know Ferraris, the you know things like mm-hmm. that, the Lamborghinis and things like that. What you do is, it's an app that you get. You can download it, and it's sort of cool because you people put in. It's sort of like the idea being the wiki, you know, Wikipedia being it's the content is con- contributed by Joe Normal. You know what I mean, Joe and Josephine Normal. So what you do is, if you have an exotic car. You put it into the VinWiki along with, you know, when you bought it, what the VIN is, that kind of stuff. And then what happens is these guys who are these, you know, exotic car, whatever you call them, hypercar, supercar collectors, they can keep track of these cars. In other words, there's a lot of, there's getting to be, these cars are getting to be worth so much money that there's fraud where people are actually stealing like, you know, these cars and then changing the VIN numbers and, you know, and, and some of them, a lot of them are actually being stolen and shipped overseas because of the fact that, you know, there's not cooperation among foreign governments, especially they're going like the Middle East to buy and places like that. So he started this thing to sort of, you know, create this thing. And what he does is now he's making a ton of money on YouTube because what he does is he has various guys come in and do interviews. And this is a guy, a guy from England, who is uh, talking about how he went to this guy's house to buy some cars, and every car the guy was selling was a fake, every single car. And the funny part of it was, he said that he went, this guy's got this barn, and he's got boats and motorcycles, and he goes into this motorcycle, and there's a Shelby motorcycle, okay? And it's a Shelby Harley Davidson, and he's going like, I've never heard of a Shelby Harley Davidson. And he's checking all this this stuff, and he's you know, and this guy once again he's in England, and he's texting his friends in the United States. Hey, you you Americans, did she, Carol Shelby ever make a motorcycle? But yet there's this Shelby motorcycle, and he's pretty sure it's the real deal because in the engine casting, he looked at it. The only problem is I'll tell you in a minute why he didn't he didn't look at it really closely. He looked at it, and in the engine casting on the head, in the casting it said Shelby. So he's going like, well, this has to be the real deal because it's not like, you know, like etched into it. It's actually cast into the cylinder head. So he buys the thing for an inflated price, then takes a closer look at it. And the casting on the engine isn't Shelby. It's Shelly. <laughs> so it, That's hilarious. it was a fake. And he said, and he said about that, 
I didn't put the whole the whole quote in there. He says, "So whoever the hell Shelly is." So, so in other words, whoever who's saying whoever the hell Shelly is, it's not a Shelby. Is something like that, and he talks. You know, it's pretty funny. So I I heard that yesterday. Someone sent that to me because hey, you'll get a kick out of this because it mentions Shelly. And I listen to it and I go like, I'll be darn it does. Because once again, that's what's on the. And he said, what's funny about it is, he says that he looked at other parts of the motorcycle, and you know. You look at something and you don't necessarily see your your brain doesn't kick into what you're actually seeing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I do. He said I know once exactly he how that is. once he looked at it closer on other parts of the motorcycle, it says instead of S H E L B Y, it's S H E L L Y. But the L has got a little bit of an angle to it that sort of the second L makes it look like a B. So in other words, it's like a super fake. You know, they're trying to essentially, you're going, oh my God, it's a Shelby motorcycle. And it really isn't. It's a Shelly motorcycle. And, who, and there is no such thing. I, I feel so honored. <laughs> Except for this one. There is no such thing as a Shelly motorcycle. It's pretty oh. interesting. He, you know, he goes, he has all these cars. He's in England and, and they were all fake. This guy, and, and once again, this guy probably spent, you know, millions of dollars creating these fake cars because, I mean, they're not like knockoff, you know, like like cheap knockoffs. They're pretty darn good fakes. So, in other words, somebody really had to work. Matter of fact, there's an interesting story about this. Remember, um, you know, about the fake cars. Do you remember uh, the original Miami Vice? Yes. Okay. In the first couple episodes, he drives a black Ferrari. The only problem is it's a fake. It's not really a Ferrari. It's a Corvette with a Ferrari body kit. So in other words, some guy bought a Corvette, pulled the Corvette body off it, bought this Ferrari body kit and put it together. And at first, nothing happened with it. But when the start, the show started getting popular, Ferrari sued the producers of the TV show saying, hey, that's a fake, fake Ferrari. We won't put up with that, you know. And then essentially the producers, by that time, the show was getting very popular. And apparently, you know, that the story was that at that point in time, Ferrari actually, I think, gave them cars at that point in time. You know, because it was like, then all of a sudden realized, oh my God, if we have our cars in this, in this TV show, which is getting to be very popular, that'll make our brand that much more, you know. And, you know, once again, what happened, if you remember, and that happens through the years, all sorts of TV shows and movies. You know, people have certain products. That, it's called and, product placement. Right, right. And people go like, oh, my God, I got to have that. I got to have one of those. And then Ferraris thought, hey, you know what? This show's going places. We'll just give them Ferraris. So they did. Hey, and who knew someone that didn't wear a T-shirt or sock? <laughs> no, he wore a T-shirt. He Remember, he had – that was the thing. He didn't wear, like, a suit shirt. He didn't wear a button-down. He had, like, a, a pullover shirt, you know, like a fancy schmancy, you know. Oh, you're right. Versace. It's yeah. the socks that he didn't right. wear. Right. He didn't wear socks. Uh, and he had the the little remember because he's the guy that started the stubble look, you know, the the shave that looked yes, looked like yes, he, he always is. had like not a five o'clock shadow, but like a two day shadow. He always had like a two day shadow, and he didn't yeah. wear socks, and he always had and the colors. If you go back and look at it, it's interesting. A linen coat, a linen jacket, exactly, on. linen jacket, and and even to the point where if you really want to get to be a nerd about this, because I love that show. There's another part of that show which is interesting. The gun he had for a while was called a Bren 10. And what? He's a Bren, B-R-E-N-T-E-N, a Bren 10. The Which fir- is okay, what? Th- the first couple episodes, he has, 
he has a, um, I think it's a Smith & Wesson, a first-generation Smith & Wesson uh, semi-automatic 9mm. And then this com- these two guys who started this company thought, we're going to start making guns. So they decided that they were going to get their gun very popular. So they made like some prototypes and they gave them to Miami Vice, you know, to the producers of the show. And and right. and Don Johnson loved it and saw it and thought, oh, my God, I got to have one of those guns. And then there's another interesting story about his shoulder harness. He wanted to have this. Uh, he wanted a re- because it's pretty interesting. You read all this nerd stuff about Miami Vice. Originally, he was going to have like a, a holster that was going to be like on his on his you know on his belt, and then he he decided he wanted to have a shoulder holster, but he couldn't find the right shoulder holster. And this is actually sort of interesting because it, it dovetails into someone who just recently died, James Caan. In one of the James Caan movies, James Caan has this shoulder holster, and Don Johnson keeps saying. I want that shoulder holster just like James Conn had in some movie. And they couldn't figure out who made it, and it got it, it word got around to this ex-cop who had made the shoulder holster custom for James for Jimmy Conn, for James Conn in another movie. And it got, you know, it got around, you know, the the the, the producers of Miami Vice wanted to have uh, the same kind of holster. And this guy called the producer and said, Hey, I'm the guy. I'm in Chicago. I make those holsters. I'm an ex-cop, and I make those for my cop friends. So, so they they go. Well, come on down. We, uh, you know, Don Johnson wants to meet you. So he comes down, and he custom makes on the set a shoulder holster for Don Johnson, and jo- Don Johnson falls in love with it. To this day, the company it used to be called the company used to be called the Jackass Leather Company. Now it's called huh. Gelk. Seriously, it was called the Jackass Leather Company. Now it's called Galco, G-A-L-C-O. To this day, if you go onto, I think it's GalcoGunLeather.com, you can buy the same shoulder holster that that Sonny Burnett, you know, whatever you want to call him, Don Johnson, wore in, in Miami Vice, and it's called the Miami Classic. Am I a nerd about this or what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're you're a, a nerd about a lot of this. Well, it's it's you're a well-rounded nerd. Well, it's I find it fascinating that life, in so many different respects, is just sometimes two ships passing in the night, and sometimes two ships colliding in the night, and sometimes you know somebody on one ship jumping overboard and getting on another ship. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh-huh. it's just. So which ship am I? <laughs> You're on the you're on the ship with its rudder stuck. You and I are stuck. We're just like you and I are on the same ship, and the ship just keeps going round and round and round in circles in the ocean. That's the that's the ship we're on. We're on the that's that's about it's, it's like the BS ship. We're on the never ending chasing our tail, literally chasing or in this case chasing our chasing our stern. By the way, can I tell you something? Next break, sure. Being an 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 ex pilot. I was always confused, and never having been a naval person, I was always confused on starboard and port. You know, and and it started with 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 we ships. We can call my my we can call my uh, my uh, bonus daughter. She's a command master chief well, in the navy. I now it was I saw something on the internet about a week or so ago, and it explained it. And now I know exactly which one's which. And and you know why it was? Oh, so you don't need her? No, no, because it was explained. Because I was going to text her. <laughs> no, it was it was explained, and I thought to myself, okay, that makes sense. And I'll talk about it next break because once I explain it to you, I mean, it, and it's so simple because if you know what I'm talking about, 
ships and airplanes are referred to one side is the port side, one far side is the starboard side. And then they have yes. green and red lights. And the green light is on the port side and the red light is on the starboard side. And the same thing for air, aircraft. And the reason for that is, you know the reason for that? I do not. That way, if you're coming, a, in other words, if you're coming head on a, a, like a ship or an airplane, you know uh, if the if the ship is either coming toward you or coming aw- or going away from you, because oh, it, because of the lights. Exactly. If if it's coming toward you, you know which side the green's on and which side the red's on. And if it's going away from you, it's the opposite. So that way, at night you can see things like you know like like ships in a in an ocean or like ships a lake sailing in the night. Right, Lake of the Ozarks, something like that. You can see if something's if you're if you're essentially behind it, going the same direction. Or it's headed right at you, and you can take evasive action. Anyway, I'll explain how it is the next break. Okay, are you excited? I am. So we've talked about this morning so far. So far, we've talked about uh, a guy who bought a fake Shelby motorcycle, and then he said, "So whoever the hell Shelly is," <laughs> but I don't know who Shelly is. And then we talked about Don Johnson with his with his uh, linen jacket, his pullover shirt, uh, his he had, no socks, no socks. Uh, and he and had pirate shoes. Right, he did. He had sort of those goofy, goofy shoes, and yep. and the the three day beard. So anyway, <sighs> man, what a what a fashion icon he was. We're off to a great start. Well, you know what? You know, I always liked Don Johnson. I I thought. I mean, from the, I remember watching the very first episode of Miami Vice, thinking to myself, "Oh my God, this is going to be a huge hit." Because you know why? It, why it was so different. I mean, for its time, it was just so incredibly different. And what they were doing was they were melding. You like that word, melding? They were melding music videos with the TV show. Keep in mind, this is around the same time that MTV was really hot. So what they were doing was they were sort of taking MTV kind of music videos and turning it into a TV show. But with dialogue and the whole bit. In other words, you know, and, and if you look at some of the, 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 the Miami Vice shows, there's segments that like, you know, a minute long where there's no dialogue. It's just all music. And it's like, okay, it's music video. I still say it's sad that MTV switched away from music videos. I do too. I mean, I mean. Because that's what I grew up with. Well, to this day. I still, and you know, that's... Money ain't for nothing and tricks for free. <laughs> right, right. And and what's interesting to me is sometimes when you watch the music videos, they enhance the song. Sometimes they have nothing to do with the song. You know what I mean? It's to the point where it's like, okay, how does this track with the song? Sometimes it just doesn't. That's just decide. hey, let's, you know, the song has these lyrics in it. We don't care what the song lyrics are. We're just going to have some fun with the video, right? Right. Okay. You agree to anything. It's 630. That's not true. It is BS.show, and uh, I am Shelly, she's Brad. Together, we're making BS, but we're actually telling the truth this morning about this. And I'm going to explain this, and I know this is going to be boring to most people, but uh, four parts of the ship. You know what the four parts of a ship are? Uh, aft. Very good, which is the stern, the back part of the ship. Okay, three more. Come on. Um, I, I I know. The bow. So the two are the starboard and the port. Port. And then the front is what they call what what is you the know the bow. Right. And that's the one where where Leonardo DiCaprio was with what's her name on the front of the Titanic. Remember? I don't even know what her name is anymore. <laughs> okay. So 
I was always confused about Kate this. Hudson, right? No, Kate Hudson is not. <laughs> it's her name was Kate something. Winslet, isn't that is Kate Winslet? Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. Here's how, and this is interesting. And I'll read you the definition. Vessels with bilateral symmetry have left and right halves, which are mere images of each other. Think about that for a minute. Chip, if you cut it in half, the left side and the right side are the same. With one exception. You know what the one exception is? I do not. Usually, the ship, boat, or aircraft has an asymmetrical feature, which is how you board it. And when you think about it, and this is how it was made clear to me, when you go to the airport and you go down the gangplank, you go down the what the skywalk, whatever they call it, the you know you know what I'm talking about, and you get on the plane. Which, the green mile. Which side of the plane are you getting onto? <laughs> Seriously, which side of the plane? I'm are you, sorry, I was just when when you walk down the, the what did you say when you walk down the the jetway and you get onto the plane? What side is the door that you get onto the plane? Um, it's on the side. Come on, this is not hard. You're sitting in the you're si- I'm sitting you're sitting in the jet me. and you're looking forward it's on toward the left side. Exactly. That's the port side. The port side is essentially on a ship or an aircraft, the left side is the port side because most and this and this is interesting. Airplanes would done this because most ships have the gangplank and access to get on and off the ship on the left side. So when they started making aircraft they decided to carry that over. So in other words, if you look at, and, and, and most, most, you know, like if you have emergency exits on the plane, there are emergency exits usually on both sides of the plane further back. But in a regular plane, when you walk onto it, there's only one door in the front. Now, that's different. Some planes, small planes, obviously have a door on the left and the right side. But at most commercial aircraft, big jet aircraft, like, you know, anything from like 737 on up, you know, any of the Airbus aircraft, you always get on in the front on the left side. So that's the port side. So that's the, and, and the other side is the starboard side. And once again, ships for a long time, when you got onto the ship, when you we docked at the dock, the ship was to the point, the left side of the ship was the point where you got on and off. So, and then... And then the left is red and the right is green as far as the lights are concerned. So in other words, if you see uh, you know, an aircraft coming at you and on the left it's green, or if you see an aircraft in, in the air and you see the two lights, the left you see green on red and, and, left is, and, and the green is on the left and the red is on the right, that means it's coming at you. If you see the opposite, if you see the red on the left side, and the green on the right side, it means the ship or the aircraft is going away from you. And that's how you're, you're taught to, you know, like especially, uh, you know, sailors and things like that are taught to learn how, you know, are you going to run into that ship? Is it coming at you? Are you behind it and you're following it? Same thing with aircraft. Now, it's a little bit different with aircraft because much of your big jets have like a little, they have literally a tail light. We have tail lights on our cars, but most aircraft have a little light, a white light that, that you know that's on the tail of the aircraft and that way you know when you see if you're behind it and you see red on the left green on the right and you see a little white light in the middle that means it's it's going the same direction you're going because if you're going the opposite direction you wouldn't see that little white light is this nerd stuff or what 
No, it just sounds like us. <laughs> well, port and starboard. So, so today, someone says to you, you know, someone says to you, if you go to the the the, if let's say you had trouble with your car today, and you take it in and see now what Shelly's going to do. She's going to take her car in. And she's going to say, "There's something wrong with one of my tires," and the guy's going to say, well, "Which tire? Well, it's the front port side." <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be me saying that. And, and he, he would say, you sure it's not the front starboard side? No, ma'am. No, sir. It's the front port side. So oh, so the guy says, so in other words, you're talking the left side. Yeah. But see, that's interesting, too, because sometimes. I don't know which is the left side. Is it facing the car? See, that's or a, is it as you sit in the seat? No, no. That's a great question. because I was thinking about that the other day. That happens a lot. When you go it to does. when you go to auto parts stores, trust me, been there, done that. Sometimes when you say you say I want a left front shock absorber, a good parts guy, if he doesn't know you, will go. You talking driver's side? In other words, that's how you that's how you define it. In other words, yes. To answer your question is the car is designated. It's the same way with sitting in a plane. It's designated when you're sitting in the seat facing forward, the left side is you know the driver's side and the right side is the passenger side but if you're standing in front of the car looking at it from the front then it's the opposite you know what i mean the the there you know then therefore the the driver's side is the right side and the the passenger side is the left side but yet it's it, it's designated by and the same thing with the ship that's what we're talking about. In other words, when you're sitting in a ship, if the ship the the you know the the stern of the ship uh is is behind you. So in other words, if you're sitting in a, in a ship and the back of the ship is behind you, then moving forward is left, which is port, and the right side is starboard. God, this is nerd stuff. <laughs> but but it's some you know, and it's funny because I have had friends of mine who are in the automotive business tell me stories about this where people have come in and said, there's something wrong with my left side of my car. And they go like, what do you mean? Well, there's this rattle keeps coming from the left side and they'll go and they put it up in the rack and they don't see anything. Well, the reason they don't see anything is because, and they normally will check both sides because this happens all the time, because what happens is they're, the people are giving them the wrong side of the car and a good mechanic or a good parts guy would ask, are you talking driver's side or passenger side? And a lot of times you see that you don't even see like left or right. It'll say like left, you know, left passenger door, right passenger door, you know, left front, you know, left front, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, front side passenger fender, you know, front, you know, front, you know, front driver fender. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> nerd stuff. Nerd, 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 nerd. I'm right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> Okay, lots of stuff to talk about. Okay, briefly, we have a new advertiser on the radio who's taking advantage of our month's free advertising, Soul Sisters. For those involved in the flood. Yes, for those, and all you have to do, you can call myself, 314-280-8880. Text me, our Shelly is 314-477-8835. If, you don't, if the number's going back too quick, you can go on the BS.show site under contact tab. It's got all our contact information right there. And that those are our phone numbers. And if you dial them right now, my phone will ring on the air. It's funny. I've, I still, the other day I had somebody say to me, I heard you give your phone number out in the air. That's not your really phone number, is it? Yes, it's my phone number. Why would you give your phone number out in the air? Because I want people to call me. I want them to do business with me. I want them to ask me questions. Well, but that's your cell phone number. Yeah, and the problem with that is, you know, well, do, what if people call you? What if weirdos call you? Oh, are you going to call me? 
Get what I did I'll there? I'll call you. No, get what I did there? I said, yeah. what, if, what if weirdos call me? And I go, so are you going to call me? Anyway, okay. Yeah, I, I got that. The Soul Sisters, are are they two real sisters? No, they are best friends. They're like Elbiffs. They're like me and my Lisa. And they have a place in Cottleville. Cottleville off a of highway end. And it's not. Down from complete AB. But it's not up high. It, I mean, it's not down low. It's up high. But the sewers backed up in their place? The sewers backed up in a lot of places that caused the flood. Right, right. But and I didn't think Cottleville got much damage unless you were down there like on the, you know, like by the, the where the baseball field is and everything. That always floods down there. But in downtown Cottleville, quote unquote, that's up high. Yeah, they're on Highway N. Right, right. And that's like a high spot. Cause, yes, because you know if you sewers they they had um, their basement got flooded. Well, because if you come up, if you're coming from like let's say you're coming from K, and you go down K, and you go you you know go down by the baseball fields, and then you make that slow right hand turn. They put the traffic light in there, which once again they screwed that intersection up. But that's a whole other story. You're going up the hill from Loggins and Messina. Okay, you're going up the hill. That's all high, but yet the sewers backed up in their place. Yeah, but they're on Highway N. They're I, they're like on Central know, School but, Road, Highway N. But Highway N still still sort of high too, because as you drive Highway N down toward Mid Rivers Mall Drive, you're going downhill. You know what I mean? Highway N, see, Cottleville's sort of high right there. It's not like a low spot. You know, I mean, there are low spots in Cottleville, but not at that point. That's the high spots. So anyway, their sewers backed up, and all their merchandise was was what storage was it in the basement then? Yes. And pretty much all got destroyed. To my knowledge, yes. Okay. These are tough questions. I know she'll... <laughs> Bite me, Brad. <laughs> okay. So they contacted you, and they heard about us giving us free advertising. And what we're trying to do is... What's so crazy about this, she would... T- I tell you what. Let's tell the story the next break. Because this is so crazy. I, I You know, once this is one of the things where, once again... I'd be scratching my head because I'm not exactly sure how to take this. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back at 647. Okay. It is BS.show. Shelly, guess who that is? Shelly's gone. So I'll say something, and Shelly will be most upset. And she where she's at, she'll be back. Shelly, that was the donut liquor. Shelly's still gone. Anyway, 6.52, it is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Oh, she disappeared on me. Hold on a minute. Shelly, you there? No, she's not. Uh, our connection dropped. Okay, you know what? <sighs> Hold on just a minute. We have a technical difficulty here. Okay, now do you hear me? I do. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay, you know who that was? in the Matrix. You know who that was, that song I just played? Yes. I know who that was. It was the donut liquor. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Go back to where we are talking about last break. Um, terrible flood. Impact a lot of businesses. It did. We, not. We're not trying to get, you know, we'll tell that story in a minute. But tell me more about the Soul Sisters. Is it like, are they doing used clothing or is it new stuff or exactly what is it's it? It's all new stuff. It's all new it's, stuff. It's a lovely little boutique. And um, they and, have, I, I got a couple things from there. They they have all sizes, and uh, they're just lovely. They've got shoes, they've got clothes, they've got earrings, they've got 
I mean, it's just a lovely little boutique. Okay, when you and they're best friends, and therefore they're soul sisters, and that's what they named their business. When you say boutique, that conjures up the idea is the stuff is very unique and not the kind of stuff you find like in Wally World, right? Correct. Okay, so and and like I'm not a woman, so I don't wouldn't know this. If I were to go to go to their store and buy some stuff. Where would I wear this? Would I wear this like to work or I wear this like to like out, you know, to a party on a date? You know, where where would I wear this stuff? Well, the only reason you would wear it anywhere no. is because you were feeling like a woman. No. <laughs> I feel like a woman. But I said not me. I said <laughs> I said I other people. To throw that in there. Okay. Um you would you would wear it Either way. So in other I words, mean, they're, they've got very elegant stuff. They have normal everyday stuff, but even that's not normal. I have, I got this. <laughs> they had this one t-shirt in there, and I'm not really a t-shirt girl. I'm trying to be, but they have this one t-shirt in there, which I, I did get. And it says, what does it say? I can't even remember. I'm going to have to go look. But I think it says... Great story, um, Shelly. Expensive and difficult. So it's it's things you wouldn't you wouldn't like. For example, if Shania were going in there and and they would say they would say, "Hey, Shania, why are you buying our clothes here at Soul Sisters?" She'd look at them and she'd say, "I'm having a party. Want to come?" Right? Yes, she would. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, I mean, that they was pretty do. Bad. They have fringe. They, ha- I mean, which means nothing to you. I know this, but they have fringe. They have leather boot booties. I mean, just a, an adorable place. And they have these cowboy boots that are are white. They're cream. Beautiful. You know me. I love cowboy boots. Uh, I know. That's my favorite thing in the world, cowboy boots. And cowboy boots and combat boots. Matter of fact, I got my dad who was in the Army for 40 years. My dad was in the Army. When I was in marching band, everybody was jealous of me because my dad let me wear his old combat boots. And back in the day, these were the leather combat boots. They weren't like the ones now where they're like, you know, the ones right now are, are – Somewhat canvas. Well, they're they're not. No, they're 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 not. They're not canvas. They have some leather on it, but the majority of them, most of them, they have different styles. Back in the day, there was one kind of combat boot. Now there's yeah, also there there's all sorts of different combat boots. There's what they call the desert combat boot, and there's the winter combat boot, and they're different colors. Back in the day, it was all black leather. Now you've got you know you had the you had the desert. You know the the you know the desert color. What they, what they call that? They call it desert or flat dark earth, whatever you want to call it. FDE, uh, and, and uh, they have OG olive green. I don't even think they have. Well, you know they do because the 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 navy still has black boots. Because I have one pair of navy uh, boots. Matter of fact, I'm a guy who believes in in buying local stuff. All my combat boots that I have right now are all made right across the river in Belleville. Belleville Boot yep. Company is one of the largest producers of military boots in the world. Matter of fact, they might be the largest right over in Belleville. Anyway, um, but okay. And you can go over there and get get boots that the soles don't match, so you get them for less. No, that's not where I got those boots from. <laughs> that's true, though. But I don't think. Or is that in Granite City? I don't know if that's the case. Somebody's somebody's texting me. It's uh, yes, so- Brad. We know someone's texting you. Oh, she's sending me. Okay, uh, matter of fact, she just sent me 
a picture of Soul Sisters inventory, and it has a pair of, wow, shorts that are almost there, a pair of, I, I think these are the cowboy boots you're talking about. She's got a cowboy hat and like they're like tall cowboy boots and they're yes. white. They're like white with like a, you know, like a leather colored sole, right? Is that the kind of boots yes, you're talking about? Beautiful. Yeah. Adorable you, in person. You think I'd look good in them? No. <laughs> I don't know. You have nice legs. So you don't never get know. out. I don't have nice legs. I have crappy everything about me. You know, I mean when when you go from one sixty to 310 in two years and then back to 195 in like four years you know i got i got parts of flesh that need to i could i could donate flesh to other people you know i got like i got saggy as we all could saggy this and saggy that you know everything's saggy you know i was gonna donate some of my boobs to my best friend lisa because she was like you know two backs and um but you can't do that you can't you cannot share your fat with another person. They have to use their own fat. You know what? I just got the world's best drop, and I don't know if I'm going to use it. You said... Please don't use it. I was going to donate some of my boobs. <laughs> I was. Okay. I mean, like, literally, I was going to talk to Dr. Wright over at Laser Lipo and Vein, and literally... I was going to let her have that. Lisa was Shelly's good friend who unfortunately is no longer with us. Right. And she's gone to the great nursing station in the sky. In the sky. Yes. That, that's how, that's how Shelly met Lisa. Lisa was one of Shelly's mom's nurses, correct? Yes. When your mom was, I think it wasn't, was she, and I hate to bring this up, but I mean, just for a historical purpose, your mom was in hospice at the time, correct? She was. Okay. Okay. So. Anyway, that's the history. See, you know, people who we have new listeners, and sometimes they don't know the backstories of all this crazy stuff. Okay, well, the backstory more about my Elbeth Lisa is that, unbeknownst to me, my mom, on her little deathbed, made Lisa promise to be my friend and have barbecues with me. Really. <laughs> I never heard that part of the story before. Yeah, and she held up her end of the bargain for 27 years. So in other words, the only kind, the only friend you can have is a forced friendship. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Evidently, <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> okay, we have to take a break at 6.59. It is BS.show. Brad and Shelley, that's who we are. We are doing it for you. Yes, we don't do this for us. We do it for you. So you can go, who are those two stupid people on the radio, right? No? Maybe one and a half person stupid. Well, I'm the one and a half stupid. Okay, I'm looking at, we're talking last break, we're talking about uh, one of our new advertisers, who, by the way, is on the air for free for a month, and not we're just, not we're beating our chests on that, but we're just trying to help people out. And this is Soul, Soul Sisters Design and Boutique, and in, Boutique in Cottleville. Their website's sort of cool. It's Soul Sisters Designs Boutique.com. So designs is plural, so Soul Sisters Designs boutique.com now i have a question for you i'm looking at the sale items here okay and uh -huh. it shows mom jean okay i don't think that's the kind of jean my mom would wear <laughs> well I mean, it is nowadays well it's got all the rips in it yeah i don't quite but get it fits like a mom's body so in other words it's but it, in this picture, it doesn't look like something that is 
I would consider to be a mom gene. A mom gene, you know, you know, remember, I hate to say this. It's this, probably high-waisted. Okay, remember remember when, when was it, I think it was Barack Obama when he was still president. We had the All-Star game here in St. Louis. I believe that was the case. And he came and he threw out the first pitch. And he was wearing, people were making fun of him because he was wearing dad jeans. You know, like dad, you know what dad jeans are? I have no idea. You've never heard that before? No. You've never heard dad jeans before? Um, if I... <laughs> If you asked it again, did you want me to say the opposite of what I already said three times? You've never seen dad jeans before? <laughs> no, Brad. I've never seen dad jeans before. Okay. Unless they were like Sansa belts. <laughs> uh, dad jeans are typically... Here, right here. <clears throat> Understanding the vintage modern trend. What are dad jeans? Dad jeans are a vintage 90 trend brought back a few years ago. Here's what they are, why they're popular, how you can find them. if I read this whole thing. Uh, when the fashion world was a buzz over non no, normcore, what is normcore? N-O-R-M-C-O-R-E? What's, I've never heard that before. Have you ever heard normcore? I don't know. Uh-uh. Three to four years ago, dad jeans seemed like they wouldn't last. And why would they? No one would wear them, wear them because they appreciated the shape. Rather, they existed as an uncomfortable, iconic symbol of the 90s, or more specifically, being middle class, achieving a greater degree of stability, and following the rules of adulthood. And the sharp dichotomy That's between overrated. adolescence and adulthood blurred through the 2000s and 2010s. The Great Recession stunted many young adults' career trajectories, blah, blah, blah. And both men and women saw no need to switch their style from low-rise jeans and crop tops to dowdy, pleated pants and tucked-in polo shirts. Today, you'll spot 30-somethings, men and women, wearing cropped silhouettes and avoiding settling for practicality-only style. I do that, and I'm not in my 30s. <laughs> essentially. I think I'm in my 30s because I'm 58, and I don't know when that happens. Okay, hold on. Let me see. There's another definition. of what. Here's another one. What exactly are dad jeans? What are, in case you don't keep up with the trend, Dave, dad jeans are a nod to the denim that men, yes, usually dads, wore throughout the 80s and 90s. They often paired it with New Balance or a similar pair of chunky sneakers. See, uh-huh. now what's weird with that is, okay, I lived through the 80s and the 90s, and the jeans I wore all the time were Levi's. Matter of fact, they were like Levi's. I even remember the model of it. They were like, I think, 590s or something like that. And they weren't, they weren't, you know, loose or anything like that. I mean, it wasn't like I was wearing skinny jeans, but they weren't, you know, like baggy jeans or anything like that. Denim, yes, usually dads wore around. They often pair with New Balance. Um, what are what are dad jeans versus mom jeans? Here, here we go. Mom jeans, high rise, slightly tapered, and cropped straight leg. Girlfriend yep. jeans. Oh, here, here gets the whole thing. Girlfriend jeans, high rise, slim and cropped straight leg. Boyfriend jeans, low rise, loose and cropped straight leg. Dad jeans, high rise, loose straight legs. So that's what they are. They're they're high rise, so it's like it's like Urkel kind of close. Yes. Um, High rise means that it goes uh, around where where it's at in relation to your belly button. Exactly. I was just going to say the belly button's like a demarcation point. You know, like yes, d- it d- is. depend upon how close and how far above and beyond or, or above below the belly button. You know, the, they are to the belly button. Okay. Easy so, for you to say. So, yeah, I know. So anyway, um, <laughs> that was the thing with Barack Obama. He had everybody go. He's wearing dad jeans. You know, because they were sort of, they were sort of nerdy looking. You know, it wasn't like he. It wasn't like Bruce Springsteen kind of jeans. You know what I'm saying? 
I do. Are like are like uh, what's the other guy's name who who wrote a song about Bruce Springsteen? Um, Eric Eric Church. Eric Church wouldn't be wearing dad jeans. You know you know what's amazing to me. We talk about trends and fashion. I'm a country music guy. Have been for a long time. Ever since I did Traffic years ago in WIL, I was one part of the morning team with Debbie and David and people like that. Anyway, that's a long time ago. Um, all the cowboys, all the country people don't wear cowboy hats anymore. It's all snapbacks. So what? Snapback. Don't you know what a snapback is? No. It's a baseball hat. It's one of those universal style, one of universal size baseball hats that's got the little snaps on the back that you can oh, adjust okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they call that yeah. a, a snapback. Because yeah. you, you snap it to the size, you know, you 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 undo the little little. It's like little holes and little 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 pricks. Did I just say that? Little. You did. Little little. And that's what she said. Little things that stick through the holes, and you push them together, and and that's that's how you make the size of your hat. Because that's what if you see like even to the point where, like if you go, by the way, you're not going to believe I've got a song tomorrow that I'm going to play, and once again it's a country song. But I'm going to give you the history of this. And I've told this story before, but I have authentication of this story. I have absolute positive authentication of this story. I'm going to play the song at 7 o'clock tomorrow because it's Friday. I can play different kinds of music on Friday. The boss will let me. And I'm going to play the song, and I'm going to give you the entire history of this song. Right here in the St. Louis area. In, you know, very, very prominent song. The minute you hear it, you know exactly what song it is. Everybody will know exactly what song it is. If you don't like country music, you'll still know what Does song it this is. Hang out and, um, what is it? Well, Highway 100? We'll just have to talk about it tomorrow. Okay. So, I'm right, aren't I? No, I'm not. I, you're, you're wrong. You're always wrong. I'm always wrong, too. We're wrong world here together. We're wrong squared. <laughs> right. Okay. When somebody says, you all are just wrong. We you are. Say, That's you know. us. You say, you're right. We're wrong. Okay. First off, I have this. I, I Someone sent this to me, and I'm going like, how can this be? And it sort of ticks me off because of the fact that that I really do believe that we have a two-tiered justice system. That children are our future? No, no, no. No, we have a two-tiered justice system to the point where... If you're if you're one of the buddy buddies of the people in the court system, you'll get very lenient training treatment. And if you're not one of the buddy buddies, you'll get your face smashed in. Okay, that's with anything. Do you know who? Here's the, let me see if I find the guy's name. Kevin Kleinsmith. Do you know who he is? We go way back. You don't know who Kevin Kleinsmith is. Kevin Kleinsmith is a former <laughs> senior FBI lawyer. How do you know? We could go way back. You don't know who he is. He's a former senior FBI lawyer who was found guilty of forgery in the Trump-Russia probe. Okay? Once again, he was a lawyer who was found guilty of forgery in the Trump-Russia probe. He practices in the District of Columbia. Okay? He had his law license taken away for his time, a short time. But guess what? He was supposed to serve a 12-month probation. He didn't even go to jail, had 12 months probation. He didn't serve the 12-month probation. And the District Bar, the District of Columbia Bar Association has given him his law license back. Now, keep in mind, he pled guilty in August of 2020 of falsifying a document that was the basis for a surveillance warrant against former Trump campaign officer, Carter Page. He pled guilty. 
he he forged a document that ultimately set another guy to jail okay another guy went to jail because this fbi lawyer forged document he pled guilty he received a 12-month probation sentence which he first agreed to and he was expected to have his his attorney designation stripped. However, the D.C. Bar did not pursue that course despite longstanding precedent surrounding lawyers committing crimes and legal matters. Instead, he's been restored to practice law again. I'm going like, what is this? How do you get a guy who works for the FBI? First off, if you work for Brown and Crouppen and you do something wrong, that's one thing, okay? If you work for the FBI and you do something wrong, don't you think that takes it to the next level? That's like wrong, 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 wrong. You know what I mean? I, I do. I, I mean, agree it's to with the point you, where, oh my you, god, that hurts. When you when you work for the FBI and you're caught with your hand in the cookie jar and you're an attorney, I mean, to me that would be like, okay, dude, your law license is gone forever. Go work the drive-through McDonald's because you guess what? You're not practicing law anymore. See, and that's the thing about this world nowadays is you can sit there and pretty much do anything and there's no repercussions. Well, if you know what's going on, and I know we're not necessarily a political talk show. We talk about this sometimes. The raid on Monday. Okay, first off, no, 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 no. First off, what's interesting about this is, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to sound like I'm one-upping him, but on Tuesday on his show, I was listening, he was saying, you know, I didn't hear about the the uh, the, the raid on 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 uh, Donald Trump's you know residence in Mar-a-Lago until this morning, and I texted him and I said, believe it or not, the raid started yesterday morning, started Monday morning, but nobody knew about it until Monday late afternoon, early evening, because it was you know why? Did you ever hear the story about how nobody knew about it? No. Because all the people at Mar-a-Lago thought. These were just like Secret Service dudes. Apparently, they show up. You know, some of the guys are dressed in their suits. There was like 30, 35 FBI agents that, you know, that executed the search warrant at Trump's private quarters at Mar-a-Lago. There's 35 of them. Some of them show up in business suits. Some, some of them show up like in casual wear, you know, khaki pants, you know, cargo pants, you know, you know shirt, jacket, stuff like that. And... They start searching the place, but they didn't like, it wasn't like they came in, search warrant, and knocked down a door. They just sort of walked in. And so nobody really knew about it till like five or six o'clock in the evening on Monday. Okay. So I send this to this talk show guy and he's like, are you sure? And I find like three articles talked about, they started at nine o'clock in the morning and they did this till, till six 30 at, at night. 30 FBI agents. Now, what's interesting about this is I'm not a lawyer and I don't know one I don't play one on TV, but I thought when they execute a search warrant, they actually had to give you the warrant. In other words, if they show up at your door, knock knock knock, we're the police, we're the FBI, we're whoever, we're law enforcement. Here's a search warrant and you see it in t- TV, don't they normally hand it to you? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Well, I mean, haven't you ever seen that before in TV, like a TV show where they, you know, I don't, I'm no, I know TV is not reality, but normally if someone, if someone sues you, you don't end up a court not seeing the document because of the fact that they serve you with the papers. If you're being sued, somebody shows up at your doorstep or your work and a sheriff or a process server gives you, like if you're getting divorced, you know, they talk about, you know, you get some of these nasty divorce cases where somebody's like at a party and their ex-wife, you know, their soon-to-be ex-wife walks up to them and say, hey, guess what? I don't love you anymore. Here's the divorce papers. I'm serving you right now. Or they have the sheriff come and serve them like at a baseball game. 
can I be honest with that happened to me at one, at one point in time? Not to me, but when I was coaching my one kid's baseball team, one of the parents got served at the baseball game, which I thought was like low class. But anyway, because the that other... That was a low blow. The other parent knew they would be at the game. That's how they got served. So it's sort of like nasty stuff. Okay, so Trump still hasn't, hasn't seen the search warrant. Nobody will show him the search warrant. I'm going like... How's that possible? Isn't that illegal? I, that's what I thought. I thought it was, in other words, you know, like in Missouri and in most states, you have a system where you can go online. Matter of fact, most of the attorneys in almost all the states in the country, they don't file paperwork anymore. They're firing, filing everything online. And as a citizen in Missouri, it's called Missouri CaseNet. You can go on and look at cases and things like that. And, yes, you can. And, and I thought stuff like that had to be public knowledge had to be you know you can go online but yet he's never seen the search warrant and supposedly now they're saying well we might release it monday you know a, a week after it happened i'm going like this is bizarre this is strange this is weird i don't understand yeah okay switching topics i heard this yesterday and i thought to myself this is bogus this is not true this is bs this is this is taking political correctness to the next level and i searched it I researched it and I found it on, and this is, and if you want, you can go to this website. This is no joke. Governor.ny.gov. This is the Governor Kathy Hochul's website. If you go there right now, I'm not kidding. Governor.ny.gov. This is her website. And she's talking about legislation, and this is Bill A6977A slash S.643A. Okay? And the title of the bill is Helps Parolees Maintain Jobs and Continue Their Education by Expanding the Hours of Required Community Supervision Programs to Non-Working Hours. Okay. Now, if you read the bill, it's it's actually got some good parts. It's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rebuild, rehabilitate people who are like, you know, who are out of jail or on probation or they're on, you know, they're in the halfway house and stuff like that. Okay. What's interesting about it is she has renamed people. Okay. And you're no longer an inmate. Here, let me find this. You're no longer an inmate. You are a... God, I had lied to this and I can't find it. Uh, Presenting education training requiring supervision of non-working. Additionally, new legislation... Okay. You're now an incarcerated person. Okay. They have changed the language in New York where inmate is no longer being used. You're now an incarcerated. What are they using? Harsh language? No, you're you're called an incarcerated in person. You know, you're an incarcerated person. Okay, it gets better. Oh my God! And I'm you're no longer barf. you're no longer a. <laughs> wait, wait to hear this. <laughs> you're not going to believe this. Uh, if you're involved with the law, you're no longer like a lawbreaker. You're a justice-involved individual. <laughs> I am not kidding. You can read this press Every release. Side, Brad. <laughs> in the first paragraph, here it is right here. I, mean, I won't read the first paragraph, but if you read down into the first paragraph, the last sentence in the first paragraph of this press release says, additionally, new legislation will reduce harmful stigma against incarcerated persons by correcting outdated terminology used to refer to incarcerated individuals in state law. So in other words, they no longer refer to them as inmates. They refer to them as incarcerated persons or incarcerated individuals are justice-involved individuals. <laughs> 
So you're no longer a criminal or an inmate. You're a, what is it again? You're an incarcerated individual or you're a, just, you're a justice-involved, and that's hyphenated, justice-involved individual. <laughs> that's well, part they of, had to get the hyphen in there somewhere. That's part of the law. That's part of the new law that you can no longer call anybody in New York an inmate are a criminal, they're either either an incarcerated person or a a justice-involved person. I'm going like, what is going on? Why why can't we just, you know, if if someone comes up and punches you in the face, you know, they're a criminal, right? They're not a justice-involved person. That's what I would think. I mean, you know, once again, if somebody steals your car and they end up in jail— you say, "Hey, the guys got the guys got nailed by the police. They got arrested. They got thrown in jail." Okay, no, you can't say that anymore. They got they got justice involved. They're a justice involved person, man. And I heard this yesterday. I thought to myself, "That's bogus. Nobody would do that." Uh, uh, and and hold on, let me see what's smartest word. Uh, she said. Uh, a lawbreaker is not what you just stated. Just as involved individual is a person of the court. No, it, no, it's not. It says right here. It says in this thing. It says here. Now I lost it. It says, find it again. It says in here. The system says in New York we're here. I in New York we're doing everything in our power to show that justice and safety can go hand in hand. Said Governor Hochul. We make our streets and communities safer by giving justice-involved individuals the chance to complete their rehabilitation. It's calling the criminals, not criminals, because once again, let me read the sentence. We can make our streets and communities safer by giving justice-involved individuals the chance to complete their rehabilitation program and work at the same time. Isn't she referring to the guys who are in jail, justice-involved individuals? I would think. Because it talks about they can complete their rehabilitation program and work at the same time. Oh, 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 now she just said, my wrong, read all. Okay, I am right. Normally the smartest woman in the world is always right, and I'm always wrong. She is, actually. <laughs> Justice-involved person. And <laughs> I'm going like, this is just getting out of hand. And see, people made fun of me when I said, recently, I said, I'm a, I'm a non-birthing person, which I am. You know, and then I said, I'm an I'm a pregnancy-inducing, cisgendered, heterosexual male. That, uh-huh. That's who I am. I'm not a dude. I'm a pregnancy-inducing, cisgendered, heterosexual male. Man, I heard a guy. It's you in a nutshell. You know, buddy. I heard a guy yesterday on another talk show, a gay guy, talk about how he's so upset with the, he says he's part of the LGB, but he's not part of the TQIA. And it's interesting because he gave so all these... So what does that mean? Well, he, he, he's, he's, he's... What is the word? LGB is les, uh, lesbian, gay, and bi, right? And TQUIA is transsexual, questioning, uh, I don't know, I is, I don't know what, I is intermediary, A is ex, asexual, who knows? It's just gotten to the point, it's gotten so too complicated. And he's saying what the transsexuals are doing is they're destroying the LGB movement. And he's essentially saying that what they're they're doing is just when the lesbian, 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 gay, and bisexual men and women have become more mainstream and more accepted, that now the trans the transsexuals are are ticking off everybody because they're doing all this weird stuff. You know, like and he talked about the Leah, what's the guy who's swimming for the Penn State swim team who's won all. Yeah, the- they 
they knocked him out. Well, no, no, he's still in. But the, I thought they got him out. No, but what he's saying, he's saying that's making people mad because he even said, he says, hey, that's a guy, that's a dude, and he's swimming with the women. And this is a yeah. gay, this is a gay guy saying this. And I'm going like, you know what? I agree with this. You know, I have no problem with lesbian, gays, and bisexuals, none whatsoever. But it's when you start, you know, calling me out that like, well, there's something wrong with you. You're transphobic. No, I'm not transphobic. I just don't think that's, you know, to me, back in the day when you were transsexual, you went to the doctor and they switched around your parts, right? Wasn't that the way it used to yep, work? they sure did. <laughs> you got it was your, a whole thing. Right, you got your parts replaced or taken off or added to or something like that, right? I mean, wasn't that the yeah, deal? Yeah, I mean, you took um, hormones. Right, and it wasn't why all of a sudden one morning you wake up and go on. Uh, and he also talked about how this is such a huge mistake for these parents and the schools to let these young, you know, boys and girls go through these, you know, through their, where they're taking the, you know, where they're going through puberty and they're taking the drugs, which essentially is changing their bodies. And he's talking about not only is that not necessarily deemed to be, you know, perfectly safe, but he said that that requires for them to essentially take drugs for the rest of their life. And I'm going like, I don't want any part of that. You know me, I'm an and old dude. don't du- you think it's a little young to decide? I, you know, what- I mean... I mean, uh-huh. I mean, they say the human brain doesn't fully develop until you're like, I think, I think with with men it's 25. I think women it's like 22, 23. That you don't. My brain is never really. Fully well, I could developed. say mine's not fully developed either. But <laughs> they, an interesting part of it is, you know what the example they give with men? They say. See, I think that it's wrong that they're starting to make the kids aware of that option when they're like. In fourth grade. Well, you know what happened? I mean, it's very young. Well, I, I, you know what's sort of interesting is this happened to me when, you know, I one day when I was a kid, I think I was like 11 or 12, I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do when I grow up. And he looked at me and he says, Son, he says, there will come a day in your life when you'll be somewhere, someplace, some situation where all of a sudden you'll say, I know exactly what I want to be. And I go, really, Dad? And he goes, yep. He says, it may happen tomorrow, may happen a week from now, may happen 10 years from now. But you'll have that moment where you go like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. So a couple weeks went by, and I came home one night. And I go, Dad, 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 remember that talk we had a couple weeks ago? My dad says, yeah. And he said, uh, he says, uh, you mean the one to talk about what you want to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had that moment. My dad says, you had that moment? And I go, yeah, I had that moment. I know exactly what I want to be for the rest of my life. And he said, well, I'm interested. Tell me what happened. Well, I was at the drugstore. My dad says, you were at the drugstore? I go, yeah, I was at the drugstore. I knew exactly what I wanted to be the rest of my life. And he says, what do you want to be? I go, I want to be a vitamin. And he goes, a vitamin? Why do you want to be a vitamin? I go, I went to the drugstore, and there's a sign that says, vitamins, be one. (laughs) You are such a dad joker. 7.30. (laughs) <laughs> it is bs.show i'm shelly she's brad together we make bs shelly you there i am um there's more headlines about i mean there's all sorts of weird headlines this morning um there always is there's uh there's a headline about about this weird case strange case that actually happened what in 2019 
about a college student who were a bunch of college students who were underage and they rented a boat and they were going off shore and one guy and gal who were sort of paired up were teasing each other and he was kissing her and she was kissing him and she pushed him and he fell off the boat and the boat ran over him and killed him. But this happened in 2019 and now they're just getting around to charging someone because of the fact that they said that when they the boat got back to shore that they reported to the police. And they go, we don't know what happened. He just fell off the boat. And everybody knew what had happened. And they, dr- they dumped out all the alcohol so they wouldn't be, you know, and they, and they all sobered up. Is that weird or what? Now, here's a bizarre one. This one, I saw, this has gotten to be sort of a national care. It's out of California, I believe. And it's gotten to be sort of, you know, sort of weird. It's two Asian doctors who are married. Uh, the one, her name is Dr. Yu, Y-U-E, Y-U, so I guess she's Dr. Yu Yu. They know her as Emily. And her husband, Dr. Jack Chen. She's a dermatologist, an MD. He's a, an anesthesiologist. They're both MDs. He's been getting sick for like the last six or seven months. And some pretty nasty disease. He's gotten like crazy stuff, like he's had kidney problems and all sorts of weird stuff. Young guy, 45 years old. Is she trying to kill him? Well, that's the story. He plants secret video cameras in their house and one of the videos is her pouring Drano in his iced tea. <laughs> Going like I saw that I don't know where I saw that, but it was like a video. Yeah, California radiologist says he has video evidence of his wife, a dermatologist, spiking his drinks with dangerous household chemicals on multiple occasions after he developed internal injuries and then he hid cameras in the kitchen. Irvine police arrested 45-year-old dermatologist Dr. Yu Yu, who also goes by Emily, last week on suspicion of poisoning. She's not yet been formally charged, according to the Orange County District Attorney's Office. Dr. Jack Chen, her 53-year-old husband, filed for an order of protection Friday. He says, quote, this is what it was in the order of protection. I'm fearful of being in the same home and in the presence of respondent due to respondent's recorded attempts to poison me with Drano, Chen's request for... And I shouldn't laugh about this. It's the point it's like, okay... And it says, it says, Drano, it's a brand name chemical, drain cleaner, that U.S. government describes as very dangerous if ingested, inhaled, or placed in contact with the skin or eyes. It's nasty stuff. It's what you put in your drain. It eats out the, the all the gunk in your drain. And he goes, this is in his order of protection. On three separate occasions, of which I have video of her pouring Drano, taken from under our kitchen sink and pouring it into my lemonade. <laughs> She's spiking his lemonade. Chen put the cameras in place after becoming suspicious in March and April after, quote, noticing a chemical taste in his lemonade and, quote, being diagnosed with ulcers, gastritis, and esophagitis, according uh, according to the filing. In one instance, he said he covered his drink with plastic wrap, and she allegedly peeled it off, spiked the drink, and replaced the covering. And he's got video of this. According to the couple, according to the filing, the couple got married on July 4th, 2012, soon had two children, a daughter, son, and now eight and seven. After the children were born, I became concerned about Emily's behavior, Chen wrote. At one point, he alleged she demanded a massage, and he declined because he was sick. She stepped on my head until I massaged her and also began began hiding money from me. Stepping on one's head, that has to hurt, don't you think, if someone's stepping on your head? He claimed his wife and mother-in-law, Yu Yuquin, Yuquin Gu, verbally and emotionally abused him for years and also belittled the children and isolated them from their cousins and friends. The quote, the kids are isolated in their own little bubble with only four family members. 
I'm ignored and not recognized as a family member. When the kids wrote letters to Santa, they excluded my name for fear that Emily would get mad. In his application for a straining order, he also is seeking sole custody of the kids. David Wool, U's uh, attorney, uh, called the investigation or the allegations false, said they were motivated by a recent divorce filing and child custody case between the couple. But yet he's got video of her putting Drano, and they show the video. The video's right here. <laughs> they show her putting Drano in his lemonade. Man, is that crazy or what? You know, you hear about this weird stuff. Normally it's antifreeze. Because it's sweet. Yes. And, 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 you know, they talk about this and you as a pet owner probably know about this, you know, about the deal with pets and antifreeze. Yes. They, they lick it because it's sweet. Exactly. It kills them. If your car like leaks antifreeze in your garage or something like that, they always warn you if you have pets, cats and dogs to make sure and clean it up right away. Because if your dogs, because like you said, it has a sweet taste and they like the taste of it and it kills yes. them, you know, and not only is it like, it's the, it's a, the, you know, the, the alcohol in it because it's like ethanol based or, or methanol based or something like that it's got other crazy stuff in it you know that that you know makes your car not corrode the engine you know the engine's got rust inhibitors and all sorts of other crazy stuff in it and but yet if you put it in like a sweet drink supposedly you don't if you put the right amount in not that much i have no idea what the right amount is don't get me wrong i'm not poisoning people's you yeah, know. have you have you <laughs> no. checked out checked out this down to the nubbins? No, but you read this all the time about people being poisoned with antifreeze. And like what you said, it's exactly the reason. Because of yeah. the fact that, that and that's why especially cats, especially it's really super bad with cats in a hurry. You know, because you know, different different animals have different tolerances to different things. And you know, like what is it like? You, you, your dogs can your is it was it dogs? You're not supposed to give them chocolate. Isn't that one of the things you're not supposed to yes. give dogs? Because or they, cats, really, they can't, dogs. they can't digest it properly. Isn't that what it is? And doesn't it, I don't know the it, reason. I just know that you're not supposed to give it to them. Hold on, man. Let me look here. That I, it will kill them. I've got the world of information right at my fingertips. Who needs to go to college when you've got a phone in your hand? Oh, and, and Brad, the internet, here we go. Blah, 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 blah. Why, why is it bad to feed chocolate? Two. Yeah, I'll put dogs. Two. Eh. Two. Chocolate eh? is toxic because it contains a chemical called theobromine as well as caffeine. And it says it says chocolate poisoning in dogs. Uh, the theo, theobromine, T-H-E-O-B-R-O-M-I-N-E, is the main toxin in chocolate and is very similar to caffeine. Both chemicals are used medicinally as a diuretic, heart stimulant, blood vessel dilator, and a smooth muscle, muscle relaxant. And apparently in dogs, um, the amount of toxin, uh, toxic theobromine varies with the type of chocolate. The darker and more bitter the chocolate, the more dangerous it is to the dogs. Baking chocolate and gourmet dark chocolate are highly concentrated and contain 130 to 450 milligrams of theobromine per ounce. Common milk chocolate only contains about 44 to 58 milligrams per ounce. White chocolate rarely possesses any threat of chocolate poisoning, only 0.25 milligrams of theobromine. If the amount ingested is not a toxicity concern, dog can still can become ill from the fat and sugar in chocolate. These can cause pancreatitis in severe cases or in dogs that have more sensitive stomachs. To put this in perspective, a medium-sized dog weighing 50 pounds would only need to eat one ounce. Wow, one ounce of baker's chocolate or nine ounces of milk chocolate potentially show signs of poisoning. For many dogs, ingesting small amounts of milk chocolate, milk chocolate is not harmful. 
What are the clinical signs of chocolate poisoning? Depending on the amount of type, for many dogs, the most common clinical signs are vomiting, diarrhea, increased thirst, panting, or restlessness, excessive urination, racing heart rate. That sounds like me on an average day. (laughs) Kind of sounds like me on an average day. In severe cases, symptoms can include muscle tremors, seizures, and heart failure. Wow! You give your dog chocolate and his heart stops. Man, that's... Yeah, that's one thing that we've that's... never really done is give our dogs chocolate. Yes. But ice cream, cho- uh, vanilla ice cream, yes. Well, what about... one one what wonder what would be like chocolate ice cream. I guess chocolate's mis- mostly no, fit flavoring, I, though, right? I, so vanilla's I've okay? I've always heard that about chocolate and dogs. Right. I've never really wanted to pierce that veil. So... You're throwing a term at me. You give them like Doritos and potato chips and... All that kind of stuff, but, well, actually, we don't. My husband does. Are, you said, you mentioned piercing that veil. Are you talking about our new um, our new candidate for the U.S. Senate? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because... Most most people, here, here's what's interesting. The smartest woman in the world will get that right away. Most people will go, what the hell is he talking about? You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, probably. <laughs> the woman who's now the Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate, you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'll, I'll move on then. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> okay, but I do want to say um, that I was driving behind this car. i tell you what. And it, the, it huh? I'll hold that let, t- next break because it sounds like you had a little bit of a story to tell. I don't want to cut you short. I do want to cut you short right now because I got to get this break. And then, then you can tell your story about by, driving behind a car and the guy saw you and he said, don't pass me on the port side. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Look at my green light. <laughs> right, right. It's 747. It is BS.show. Okay. As we left just a couple minutes ago, Shelly's about ready to tell a story. What's the story again now? Hmm. You don't want to tell the story anymore? Oh, it was, <laughs> it just tickled me is all. You know the peeing Calvins? Yes, the little stickers that are on back, usually on the back of pick up trucks, and it's got yeah. Calvin who's urinating on whatever he doesn't like, whatever the whatever person. Whatever he doesn't like. Well, well w- evidently these people didn't like Holly. Oh, they, someone was urinating on Josh Holly. Calvin was. Oh, did it have his picture or did it have his name? Had his picture. Oh, the who he was peeing on? Yes. It had just had the last name Holly. So, in other words, Calvin was urinating on the word Holly. Yes. Okay. And it was so funny. I have to be honest with you. I've never really understood that because I never got into Calvin. What, what? What? Yeah, I don't understand it either. I just know it's a thing. What is? What is that? Here, I'm going to Calvin. I'm just going to Calvin urination okay i'll just type it <laughs> you're you're uh, calvin urinating here it comes up i mean it, it's already there it says the tasteless history of the peeing calvin decal okay this is from 2014 <laughs> there's actually this is, about is right this is a story on triviahappy.com okay you ready for this <laughs> Uh-huh. If, if it starts up, if you're lucky, you've never seen it. The decal that shows Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes going to the bathroom has been okay. stuck on the back of thousands of pickup trucks. See, what's I said? Pickup truck. Was it a pickup truck it was on? When you saw it, was it a pickup truck or a car? No, it was a car. Okay. 
It's a tasteless sticker with many variations that tries to tarnish Calvin's legacy and the reputation of anybody who slaps it on their window. It shows Calvin peeing on, praying to, and grossly interacting with things that don't have anything to do with the character. But even though it's tasteless, it still has a history. Tile off and read up. Uh, first things first, Calvin and Hobbes creator Bill Watterson says he has nothing to do with the lewd character of his beloved Calvin. Watterson was vehemently against licensing his character for merchandising, and that includes the stickers that cheapened and corrupted the comics. Watterson never gave him the decals is okay. He later jokes to the publisher, I clearly miscalculated how popular it was to show Calvin urinating on a Ford logo. So the bootlegs emerged. Oh, that's where it started, <laughs> isn't it? That's why I think, well, that's, it started as, as, I think it started as like a thing between like Ford and Chevy owners. The Ford guy had Calvin urinating on a Chevy, the Chevy bow tie, and the the Chevy guys had Calvin urinating on the Ford, you know, Blue Oval. Okay, so the bootlegs emerge, but that's Excellent. just the beginning of the story. Where did the bootlegs begin? What's the source for the picture, and why did they stick around? They they trace it back to June of 1988, and it says, "See the water balloon panel on the left." It comes from the June 5th, 1988 strip, and most Calvin fans peg that as the source of the peeing Calvin drawing. Of course, we can't be sure because the drawing was made illegally. Watterson's strip ended in 1995, and the decals started showing up shortly afterwards. He wasn't even doing the, the, the strip anymore. Since the Calvin decals are illegal copies, it's difficult to know where they began, but the first media mention comes on November 6th, 1995. 1995, a 25-foot motorhome with a sign showing Calvin of Calvin and Hobbes urinating on the letter FSU, the urinating cab of Florida State University. The urinating Calvin was part of the oh, UF-FSU <laughs> rivalry. From there, the sticker spread quickly with newspaper mentions across the South. The biggest boost, somebody made stickers showing Calvin urinating on various NASCAR drivers' numbers. Calvin became a racing phenomenon. One seller, Peggy Marshall, peddled the bootleg Calvins while saying, I think it's disgusting, but who am I to say she's making money off it, right? It only took a few more steps for Calvin to begin urinating in Ford and Chevy logos. The rest is history. United Press in to get the comic strips distributor tried to stop the illegal Calvins, and NASCAR even helped out. But with the strip, but with the strip stopped and no rights to otherwise license the materials, they they didn't make a dent. It didn't help that the stickers went produced, weren't produced by a big company, but by small boot, uh, bootleggers. There weren't just legal attempts at reclaiming the IP. There were also arrests. Get this. The P and Calvin represented a new level of public indecency, and a few officials didn't like it. In 1996, a woman wall all the way up in St. Paul, Minnesota, was jailed for wearing an offending Calvin T-shirt in court. She wore a Calvin T-shirt, and South. Car- I can see that was a poor choice of apparel. And South Carolina cops repeatedly ticketed drivers who had the obscene decal. The same thing happened later in Alabama. The decal owners protested their First Amendment rights had been violated. The ACLU did use the incident to challenge a new law on indecent speech, though they said they weren't involved in the copyright dispute. From the beginning, those who wanted Calvin to control his bladder were fighting a losing battle. There was clearly this was uh, as clearly as 1996 when two police officers were suspended without pay for putting Calvin decals on their own cars. The Cal- <laughs> <laughs> oh, get this. The That's de- funny. The two police officers' decals showed Calvin peeing on their boss's name. <laughs> wow. And it goes on to say, it goes on to say, with little cultural and legal resistance, peeing Calvin became a phenomenon. There are countless variations featuring different targets, hats, and sayings. Those peeing Calvins inspired an array of knockoffs that, while still tasteless, at least don't violate Watterson's intellectual property. Uh, Calvin inspired spinoffs too. Praying, praying Calvin now shows up on trucks. He's also unlicensed. So there's a praying Calvin, and there's and 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 there's a, who's the who's the gal? There's his girlfriend. There's even a girl version of the lewd Calvin decals. I don't know if he had a girl. I didn't know. 
And oh, she's, she's, <laughs> I've never seen this one before. Okay. She's pooping on things. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Oh, no. Here's, here's your, here's your decal right here. Here's the, the, the female Calvin version. She's looking at, you know, at you and she's got this look in her face. And the quote is, bite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't be pooping on things. How do the stickers sell when they're illegal? There's one lingering question how the stickers can be sold when they're obviously illegal. IP violations like the Calvin stickers are enforced by lawsuits, not it's cops. It's called a cricket. An active legal team could probably crush the stickers in 2006. United Press Syndicate made noise about doing just that. They went after people. They took people to court, blah, 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 blah. So that's that's the history of it. It dates back almost 30 years. goes back to, to 19, not what, 1995, 27 years ago. God, that's weird. You know? And that really is weird. You don't, I don't remember it being that long. But then again, I really wasn't into Calvin, so well, and Tiffany wasn't either. So it started in the South, so it's sort of you know how we you know in the Midwest we get everything last. You know things happen on the coasts, and four years later, you know hula hoops were big in California, and then four years later we got them, and the people in California, oh hula hoops, they're so out now, and we got to go say goodbye quick. Say goodbye quick. Have a great day, everybody. Peace and I fly. Seven fifty nine. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.